This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I love that we like lived states away and we had like the exact same childhood, basically. <laughs> that yeah. is interesting. That is interesting. That's capitalism, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got this whole darn country. Welcome to Millennial, the home of pretend adulting and real talk. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. And we're coming to y'all hot on the heels of the Republican caucus in Iowa, which kicks off the primary season here in the United States ahead of the 2024 election. And this shouldn't be a shock to anybody, although some people seem to be shook by this news. Donald Trump won the Iowa caucus. It seemed like this was a a foregone conclusion that he was going to win this. Um, But there were some talking heads in the mainstream media who seemed to be shooketh by this. And I found myself all evening wanting to pull my hair out uh, on the night of the caucus, thinking like, how the fuck is this a shock to you? Are you sure they weren't saying that to keep everybody tuned in? Like, ooh, I don't know. I mean, I think that's part of it, but also a lot of it was reactionary. It was was almost as though people were seeing this moment, the Iowa caucus, as the moment that cements Donald Trump as definitively the front runner um, this campaign season. And the reality is, like, one, we knew he was going to win. And two... Iowa, the Iowa caucus is literally the first stop on the primary train. So there is a lot of time left now between uh, or left between now and when the nominating convention happens this summer. So I think people are kind of throwing throwing in their hats a little too early and maybe being a little defeatist here because Iowa... It, it only tells you what a certain segment of the population is thinking, for starters. And, you know, if you're looking at trends over time, you even see the Democratic Party having moved away from doing their first primary or their first caucus in Iowa, right? Democrats do South Carolina as their first primary, which caused some upset in the last few years. So it's just interesting to see how people are simultaneously shocked that this happened, but also taking it as the death knell of democracy when it's like, well, the fact that Trump isn't in jail right now is probably 
the the harbinger of death for democracy, not him winning the Iowa caucus. <laughs> yeah. But Iowa is not the uh, end all be all. Previous Iowa winners definitely did not win right. the presidential election. A hundred percent. In 2008, Mike Huckabee won the Iowa caucus and John McCain ended up being the Republican nominee. In 2012, Rick Santorum, who fucking remembers that guy, um, <laughs> ended up winning it. But the eventual nominee was Mitt Romney. And in 2016, Ted Cruz, who, by the way, we were all convinced Ted Cruz was going to be the nominee at this point in were 2016. We? Ah, we were. Simpler times. I know. He he was the front runner, according to Iowa. But then, of course, we know um, the enormous thunder cunt of a candidate, uh, Donald <laughs> Trump, ended up becoming the nominee. And the rest is history. We've been stuck with him ever since. Well, and I was also reminded today that back in 2020, when the Dems were competing in the Iowa caucus, it was Mayor Pete who won. And he only beat out mm. Bernie by a tenth of a percent. But in hindsight, it's like shocking. That actually, I think it was shocking at the time, too, that Mayor Pete ended up winning that caucus and good for him. Of course, he ended up getting a role in Biden's cabinet. But um, yeah, just it's interesting to look back after just experiencing one of these Iowa caucuses this week. Yeah. And we have to remember what a shit show the Iowa caucus was for Dems in 2020. Do you all remember that? How it took oh, yeah. literal weeks to get the results in, which right. I think probably motivated the DNC's change uh, in venue for you know their, their kickoff to the primary season. That said, South Carolina is far more representative of how diverse this country is. You're not going to get that representation out of Iowa, which is like literally 90% white. Um, sorry, Iowa, not trying to rain on your parade. <laughs> um, but I think South Carolina is just a lot more in touch with, with where the country is, as it were, in terms of representation. Coming up next, though, we'll be shifting to watching New Hampshire. Their primary is on the 23rd of January, and both parties will be holding primaries the same day. But a fun fact about this, Biden actually will not be on the New Hampshire primary ballot due to the aforementioned drama over the DNC moving their first primary race to South Carolina. Um, but Biden supporters in New Hampshire are still running a write-in campaign. So it'll be really interesting to see who uh, on the Democratic side of the ticket ends up winning in New Hampshire. Uh, again, New Hampshire is not something that would really swing the way that Dems are going to nominate, they're going to nominate Biden. A lot of this is a formality, but it's just so interesting to see uh, the pettiness that comes out <laughs> of Iowa and New Hampshire feeling like they've been, um, they've kind of had their opportunity of being first robbed. Well, if if I'm a Dem, why am I even bothering to show up for the New Hampshire primary then? If Biden isn't on it, and then I have to write somebody in who isn't going to clinch the nomination what's the point for showing up i mean i guess you could write in biden still but i mean if i'm showing up i'm gonna write in laura t or pamela g yeah. i'm not gonna well, write in there, biden i don't there think there are some dems on the ballot including marianne williamson um so there are names on there that people can choose from 
You know, primaries are really an opportunity for people to vote their conscience. So just like we've all talked about how in primaries, we might have supported a candidate who actually didn't end up being the candidate to get the nomination. Um, But because we're rational fucking human beings, we get in line (laughs) when it comes time for the election. Um, So yeah, this is an opportunity for people to vote their conscience and vote for the candidate who you know, they believe best represents them. At the end of the day, New Hampshire does not have, I think, the poll that it once did to create momentum for candidates. So um, it'll just be an interesting exercise to watch. A free month of Millennial on Patreon to any listener in New Hampshire who writes in Pop-Tart or the Boeing Max 9 jet for the primary. (laughs) Please do it. (laughs) <laughs> so coming up in After Dark today, inspired by the discussion that Pam and I are about to co-host, we're going to be talking about all the things boomers have ruined, like Facebook and the economy, and maybe some good things they've done too, I guess, like maybe birth us or whatever. <laughs> so that'll be available at patreon.com slash millennial. Patrons get access to ad-free millennial plus After Dark via the Mega Millennial Benefit. And there's lots of other features like our live stream, lots of people joining us tonight, like John C., who just said, write in simming on the primary ballot in New Hampshire. Okay, that's a third option for everybody to contribute. Thanks to everybody who supports us through Patreon or Apple Podcasts. We couldn't do this without your support. So, Pam, I just teased it. What are we talking about today? Well, I feel like we talk about Gen Z fairly frequently on Millennial, but today we're going to turn the tables and look towards Gen Alpha because Gen Alpha is the current uh, generation that, well, seems to be uniting all other generations. TikTok is currently beefing with the preteens, and it's specifically because a lot of people are under the impression that preteens are ruining beauty stores like Sephora and Ulta. I logged into TikTok after the holidays and my feed was flooded with these videos about 10-year-olds at Sephora, probably because I'm on beauty talk. But I wanted to know if you guys had seen any of this filter over into your feeds because I definitely got sucked into some of these crazy stories that people were spinning. Yeah, I definitely have. I feel like I see a lot of stories um, put out by people who actually work in the makeup industry, whether they're makeup artists or they work at like a Sephora or an Ulta, talking about um, how concerned they are with some of the products that some, you know, adolescents are really seeking out, things like retinol that are really not intended for those younger skin types and actually more appropriate for someone who's like in their 30s. Um, But, you know, kind of feeling like there's a sense of these tweens encroaching on a space that really isn't, quote, meant for them. I don't know if I agree with that sentiment, but that is the vibe. Yeah. Have you seen any of this, Andrew, at all? No, I'm not on Beauty Talk, believe it or not. And neither of you send me these videos. So send me some videos and maybe I'll fall into them. You've literally told us that you will not open our TikToks. <laughs> it's true. You know what? I might evolve on this matter, but for only for select people. I only okay. watch TikToks from, from one person and maybe I'll open it up to you two as well going forward. Well, I will start selectively sending you TikToks. <laughs> Thank you. That's all I ask. Some people aren't so selective. <laughs>
So just to back up a little bit, kind of give everybody an idea of the timeline here, the conversation surrounding this started towards the end of December. So just last month, and it was just one person who got on there and said, hey, has anyone noticed that the tweens are running Sephora and Ulta? And then like Laura was saying, we started hearing a lot of accounts, not just from other people that just like to buy things from these stores, but also from employees that are working at these stores and the horror stories here, aside from, you know, people being genuinely concerned that the products these kids are going for aren't maybe meant for their delicate skin range from fellow customers saying that they had really rude encounters with, uh, tweens that were either like super judgy or even like very pushy in the aisles to, um, employees complaining that, these young girls will just come in and run amok and completely destroy these testers that are out there for customers to sample before they buy. So the sample destruction, this is crazy to me. And I I personally have noticed that a lot of um, the makeup products that are out to test when I go into these stores seem to look way rougher than they used to. Like I'm talking like gouges Ooh. in the pans or like really messy bottles, but I don't think I would have ever traced this back to the tweens if TikTok was not talking about the 10-year-olds, you know? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that, I think there's just like any population, there's going to be a certain segment of people who just don't know how to behave. <laughs> like they don't know how to show up in public correctly. And I think you see this in a lot of other industries too. Like think about if you go into a Costco on a busy Saturday on a busy Saturday and you try to go to the sampling stations to like sample food items. If there are a ton of kids in there that day, you can rest assured that the sampling stations are going to be complete chaos. I think if you go to like a Barnes and Noble and go to the kids section, you're going to find some of the same thing because unfortunately not all parents are equally teaching their kids how to, you know, clean up after themselves, but also be respectful of things that don't belong to them. So I think this is, I don't know, my, my kind of impression here is that, we're just seeing this behavior happening in makeup stores now because that's where the new interest is for mm -hmm. kids. I don't know that it's anything new. I just think we haven't seen it in a Sephora before. <laughs> right. But then that, there's the question of should they be there to begin with? Right. Right. Yeah. This stuff? Yeah. Very quickly, I was going to ask you both, like, did your did your parents used to let you just like run rampant at the mall no. or like either with or without them absolutely no. not yeah i don't think so i i think i had to stay close by yeah because yeah. of course the parents were concerned you were gonna get kidnapped <laughs> right. right there was that but also if if me and my friends because there were times where we got a little rowdy if we were like we would go to like Barnes and Noble a lot. I don't know what that says about me as a child, mm -hmm. but me and my friends would go there it says a lot. You were cool. And <laughs> if you know, my parents were there, especially when we were younger and we were making a ruckus, we would absolutely have our asses hauled out of there. Like point blank, no second chances. You're acting up. We're leaving. 
acting up in Barnes and Noble. <laughs> yeah. Listen, me and my friends, we went through a phase where we like tried to play hide and seek in Barnes and Noble. And that's not the place for that. No. Uh, yeah. And so it was it was creating havoc. <laughs> The yeah. cool place to do that is like Target or Walmart and you hide in those um, clothing racks that are circular. So oh you just get gosh. in the center. Yeah. That's the perfect hiding spot. My so I don't. Th- OK, so there's a little uh, I'll put a little discrepancy on this because my brother would argue that he's always had ADD. My mom does not want to believe that he has ADD even now as an adult. So there's. I'll put that out there. You guys make of that what you will. But when he was younger, like he had a lot of energy and he would go for the clothing racks all the time. But it was just like a one and done. If my mom saw him doing that, he's like, that is it. You're going to wait in the car or we are all leaving the store. And this is your fault. There was like personal responsibility at play. And that was pretty much the only thing that curbed it because it is very tempting. You know, when you're a kid to want to like be like, oh, I want to go in there. That sounds like so much fun. I want to stick my head, you know, under the um, the dressing room <laughs> to go to right. the other side of the other dressing room. We used to go with my grandma to uh, Walmart quite a bit. And to keep us under control, she would always point up at the security cameras and say, see those? The police are watching. You can't act bad or else the police are, the my police are going to come after you. My parents used to do that, you. too. <laughs> yeah. There's, maybe there was more fear put in children in the 90s. I yeah, think so. Probably. I think mm-hmm. so. Because, you know, <laughs> my yeah. mom used to ask us anytime we were being little shits, especially in public, she would just give us this like melt titanium stare and be like, do you need an attitude adjustment? And we all knew that oh, meant yeah. a spanking, right? Like you were going to mm-hmm. get a spanking if you didn't shape up. And of course, the universal answer was always, no, 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 we don't want that. <laughs> and we would get our <laughs> shit together. But yeah, there were repercussions. Mm-hmm. And I guess now, maybe parents will write in and correct me, but I guess now it's easier to get your kid under control by simply putting a phone or an iPad in front of their face and suddenly they're consumed with that. Whereas when we were kids back in our day, we had no screen to entertain us. It was either cause chaos in the Walmart clothing section or play with the sample uh, Nintendo 64 in the electronics mm-hmm. area. And that was it. There was no other there was no other distractions for us. Yeah. Well, there are some interesting points being made by adults online saying that the people hating on the tweens at beauty stores are being a little too quick to judge. So the first point here, and this is one I think that we can agree with, is that this is just a classic example of young girls mimicking the habits of older girls or women they idolize. But the difference is, is now it's not, you know, Becky three grades higher. It's, you know, some 20 something beauty influencer that they're being served on TikTok. So the the pool is widened. Yeah, I agree. And it makes me wonder, you know, if there isn't an opportunity for these beauty influencers to come out with lines that are specifically targeted to these younger um, followers that they have, maybe come out with a skincare line that's more targeted to somebody with, you know, more youthful skin. Right. So that they're not thinking that they need to invest in a bunch of expensive products that are actually not right for their skin and could cause damage to their skin if used too soon. Yeah, that's such a good point, because you're right. Skincare is really at the center of this discussion, because that that is like the it thing um, for these kids. And I'll jump ahead a little bit. 
And I want to read this quote that comes from Teen Vogue. They spoke to an actual 10 year old who had this to say about the tweens and their current fixation. So this little girl said, it's just a thing we do. I get it. Bratz dolls were probably popular when you were 10 years old, (laughs) but I'm a kid now. And this is what's popular. This is the new toy that we have. This is the new generation. We're Generation Alpha, and I'm proud of that. So that's oh, what this kid What a well-spoken say. 10-year-old. I know. Yeah. But also, I'm just shook by that. I get it. Bratz dolls were probably popular when you were 10 years old. Right. Okay. Do you feel seen, Laura? Do you feel seen by that? <laughs> no. Bratz dolls are a little bit after our time. Yeah, I we're, think. we're yeah. a little oh, older okay. than that. But also just the, the audacity of a 10-year-old to be like, yeah, you're fucking old and you probably yeah. played with Bratz dolls. Those crappy like, ass yeah. Bratz toys ends with a Z. Tacky the, as hell. The crazy thing to me too is that like skincare is the new toy is wild to me because to me skincare is so boring. So like on the surface I actually don't think it's bad that kids today are taking an interest in personal hygiene. There's such a gap in that knowledge a lot of times for a lot of kids or even teenagers who just aren't taught how to, um, you know, wash themselves or take care of their skin until they have like severe issues, whether that's with body odor or acne. And then they have to like learn how to, you know, form these kind of like healthy habits for personal maintenance. So like to Laura's point, I, I don't think it's necessarily bad, but I do wish that there was there was a um, a market for like a line that is appropriate for these kids. Cause I don't even think like, even like when I was younger, my mom didn't like go out and say, okay, this is what you use. She was just like, well, Noxima was around when I was a kid and that didn't like kill me. So here's some Noxima, knock yourself out. You know, I guess the other benefit there is if it's specifically geared towards kids or teens, then parents might be more inclined to actually support their interest in this and actually buy it for them. But on the other hand, does Sephora want the younger traffic coming in to begin with? I guess so. Money is money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess if their parents are buying it for them, but I think the issue in a lot of cases is that kids are coming in and wrecking, in some cases, the sample items and not necessarily buying anything. So it's just creating a mess and not translating to sales. Mm -hmm. Right. Have a kid's area right in the front corner. They can't go any further than that. Rope it (laughs) off. I think Ulta does a somewhat better job of this because at Ulta, you can get both luxury brands and drugstore brands. So they have them in kind of separate sections. And I could see how maybe kids could, you know, be drawn to the drugstore section of the store because it's more affordable. Um, But also there's just not as much chance of like wasting luxury brand samplers that maybe aren't appropriate for them. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. Um, To kind of like wrap up the discussion of of stores here, I do want to point out um, that one important piece of the puzzle to keep in mind here is that stores that are specifically geared towards this age group that we're talking about. So I would say maybe like 9, 10 to like 12, 13, they don't really exist anymore. We were a little bit older by the time that Limited to and Justice were kind of going into malls, but that was serving a huge market for these young girls. And to take it even one step further, you could even argue that there's not a lot of um, like media content either for 
these middle grade kids to consume. You know, they they kind of like age out of the Disney Channel. And then your options are like what, like Riverdale and Euphoria. And like that's like the big leap in between. And those shows aren't really meant for kids like that. Then you have shows like, you know, the Babysitter's Club reboot on Netflix and stuff, and they so often get canceled before their time. And so then there's nothing left. And it's really unfortunate. And to your point about these teen stores in the mall no longer existing, now Target has partnered with Ulta and you have like mini Ultas in Target where a lot of kids are going through with their parents. And then over in Kohl's, they've partnered with Sephora. And they have big Sephora sections. That's another place parents are bringing their kids in. So the the kids are, you know, running into these stores, uh, maybe not even seeking them out in some cases. They just happen to already be in Kohl's and Target. Have you two noticed this? Yeah. These mini makeup stores taking yeah. over the footprints. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is so interesting because I feel like in a lot of cases, they've literally put them where the old like Target and Kohl's cosmetic session sections used to be. Mm-hmm. Have y'all and, like, noticed the jewelry that? Set. Yeah. yeah. The jewelry yeah. sections I feel like they've replaced and right at the front of the store. It's like right there yeah. when you go in to the Kohl's and Targets that I'm thinking of. And I will say, you know, when I was this age, makeup was definitely a thing that you know, a lot of girls were really into, but we were all into like Walmart brands. <laughs> like it wasn't anything luxury. Um, we were very into lip gloss. Pam, I don't know if you and your friends went through a similar lip gloss obsession, but we just had a mm-hmm. ton of like lip smuckers. And um, if you could get like um a really fancy looking lip gloss that was something that was sought after and we would all share them with each other yeah. which in retrospect was totally gross do you, do you remember <laughs> i think that they were called like caboodles and they had yeah. the little beads in the middle that like they were just decoration yeah but those were cool and they didn't or, have like, any flavors either it was just yeah it yeah. was just like the lip gloss flavor yeah, or J- Jane, I remember they had like some cool looking products. They really had like a, a kind of like a product for every aesthetic in the early 2000s. So if you yeah. were like an alt girl, you could go here. If you were like more fashion forward, you could go over there. But um, that is a that is a really good point. We'll discuss who the real culprit is here and then we'll chat about how water bottles and simply drinking water has become trendy. We'll be right back after a quick set. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. So to move things along here, the other points that um, adults are kind of bringing up is that it's really not the fault of the the 10 year olds and it's not the fault of their parents. It's really social media's fault because it's forcing kids to grow up too fast. And so I wanted to ask you both if you think that 
social media is really the main culprit here. Like, is it really TikTok that's influencing them? And and so then like, where where do we come up with a solution for this? Or like, is there a way to come up with a solution for this? With how much time people spend on social media, I'm sure it is a major factor. I'm sure that it's, you know, seeing people in school wearing makeup to an extent mm-hmm. as well. But what's also interesting about this discussion to me is that we've talked about face filters through these apps before. And I wonder if some people are more inclined to buy makeup because they think they're seeing people using makeup. And sure, there are yeah. those makeup reviews on on social media. But what they're actually seeing are face filters, some of them really good mm-hmm. and convincing. I think about this, too, with skincare, because I'm sure, Laura, you've seen this, too. I feel like every Mm -hmm. other month there's a product that goes viral on TikTok and everyone's like, look at how beautiful my skin is. Hashtag no filter. Well, they don't say the hashtag anymore because that's not cool. But like the point still stands. And I often like sometimes you can even tell. Because, you know, the like the, the beauty on. filter will, yeah, the, it'll yeah. like warp in and out. But but for every <laughs> video that like does warp in and out, there's another one that doesn't. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I'm thinking to myself, like, there's no way this person ha- like is walking around with zero texture on their skin. Because I right. know that like, you know, Laura, we've gotten comments on like from listeners being like, oh, you guys like look flawless. Like, oh, my God, you, no. What, what do you use <laughs> for makeup? Like, like, we are. It's it's the ring light. It's it's the yeah. ring light. It blows out all of your texture. Yeah, it's 100% the ring light. Um, I, and I was even so we the perfect point. I'm so glad you brought this up, Pam, because we recorded a variety show last night and I wasn't wearing makeup for that because I wasn't feeling very well. So I was like, fuck it. We're just going to go. And even without makeup and being sick as fuck, this ring light still made me look way more smoothed out even without makeup than I actually am. So please, it's all a mask. (laughs) Please know this. (laughs) Is there anybody that y'all follow on social media who you appreciate for the fact that they don't maybe overdo it or use filters at all? I'll give you an example while you're thinking quick. I am a Peloton user. Uh, Their token gay guy is Cody Rigsby. I follow him on social media. And yeah, there are those photos that you can tell clearly he's wearing makeup or he's got a filter on. But I'm very pleasantly surprised how often he'll post a story or just a regular grid post. And you can see his acne scars or, God forbid, a very obvious pimple. And I think to myself when I see those, it's so refreshing that he's like, you know what? I have 1.3 million followers. I don't give a fuck if people see my acne scars. It feels so rare to actually see that type of thing. So do you two see anybody who who does that? Maybe who has a big following? Yeah, I will. Um, I'll make this my recommendation for the week, too. There is um, a couple that run a TikTok account called The Lipstick Lesbians. If you're at all into makeup, you've probably seen them pop up on your feed. And she used to work in product development. So a lot of her makeup education kind of gets into the nitty gritty of why a product feels good or like what is in a product that maybe will work for what you're trying to cover up or what your skin type specifically is. I actually have noticed recently that she's gotten dinged, like she's gotten hate comments from people saying like, oh, your makeup looks really crusty 
So why should we be taking advice from you? And she posted a rebuttal and she was like, yeah, it's because I don't use filters. Like, I want to show you guys the real wear test. And I think that that's really admirable because she has nothing to gain from this at all. You know, she's not being sponsored. She's not working with any specific company. So the fact that she is secure enough to be like, I'm going to try this makeup out. But also, like, if you see me post a video at 9 p.m., yeah, my makeup's going to look like I've worn it all day because I have. And I think that's mm. really important, especially because a lot of these products can get so expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's affordable stuff out there, but there's also like you could like go broke trying to keep up with these trends. You know, I feel um, like I have some homework to do because to be honest with you, I just assume that if I'm watching an influencer vid that they have a filter on. So I don't really pay that much attention, but I'm going to going forward. I'll send you some Cody Rigsby videos and you can look at some big old pimples on his face. (laughs) (laughs) So something we've touched on over the course of this conversation, albeit lightly, is the fact that, you know, whether it's skincare or makeup, a lot of these trendy brands, they carry social currency. It's what the popular kids are using at school or busting out of their backpacks in the middle of classes. So, of course, there is like the desire to want to keep up with what's trending in your own school as well as what's trending on TikTok if you're younger as well. Um, So I wanted us to reflect a little bit and I wanted to ask you both if you remember any products specifically carrying this same sort of uh, social currency that we're seeing now with Drunk Elephant or even Stanley Cups, which we're going to get to a little bit later. And what is Drunk Elephant? Oh, very expensive skincare. Oh, what a fun name. And you don't need it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think, well, for me, just thinking back to elementary school, Pokemon cards made you cool. The Tamagotchi made you cool. There was a Pogs phase. I don't think you two, this this came into your worlds, but Crazy Bones. Do you remember Crazy Bones? I don't know what this is. Mm -hmm. There were these little toys. They were all little characters and you'd flick them the game was you'd flick them at each other but they were really fun to collect and it was one of these things just like pokemon cards you buy a little pack and it's a mystery pack so you open it and you see which five that you get um they were great also starbucks but i successfully avoided starbucks until i think either my senior year of high school or college freshman year everybody thought they were cool if they had Starbucks with that with the with the iconic green straw coming out of your iced coffee cup. Oh, and like simply owning a video game console was a form of social currency because it's like, oh, we can go over to Chris's house and play Sonic on his Sega Genesis. Oh, we can go over to Andrew's house to play Super Mario 64. And it also suggested you you and your family had money if you could afford a $150 Nintendo 64 system. Mm, that's a good point. I agree. I was also thinking about PlayStation with that exact uh, use case in mind, Andrew, mainly because I was a PlayStation kid. That was what we had. We never had any other uh, gaming console, but we were definitely one of the more popular houses for our friends to go to because we had a PlayStation. And it was really cool because my parents actually set up a projector in our living room with a screen that we could pull down so we could actually hook up the projector and play games on the big screen. Everybody thought that was so cool. Yeah, I definitely would have wanted to go over to your house. Yeah. (laughs) So I didn't realize that was social currency, but it definitely was. 
Um, some other examples I can think of are Beanie Babies. I don't know mm-hmm. if this held true for y'all, but having a vast collection of Beanie Babies was huge in my school. Uh, I also mentioned lip gloss, but I definitely want to um, call out backpack purses. Pam, I don't know if you and your friends around the tween age went through this, but they were all the rage yes. in my middle school. I had Everyone little, had to have one. <laughs> I had a little green one and it had like this, um, like I'm sure I could like picture it. And I feel like when I describe it, you'll understand what I'm talking about. It had like this tribal patch band on the pocket in front. Yep. Yep. And then I it had the like one. a fake suede <laughs> <laughs> flap that you would clip. I know the one. And I might still have it in storage. <laughs> you yeah. might. You might. I, I know might. those because I had one, a very similar one that was like a purpley brown mm-hmm. type color instead of green. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Shared, uh, I love that we like live states away and we had like the exact same childhood, basically. <laughs> that yeah. is interesting. That is interesting. That's capitalism, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got this whole darn country. Well, piggybacking off of backpack purses, Jamsport backpacks were huge when I was going to school. And it was a big day for both my brother and I when Costco finally started carrying Jansport (laughs) because my mom was insistent on getting us backpacks from Costco because they were always like more affordable. You know, you have single mom, your two kids going to school, you got to make sure that you're budgeting for everything. So it was a big day when the Jansport backpacks were the same price as all the other backpacks. <laughs> that was fantastic for me. Uh, but also Jamba Juice. We The Jamba mm. Juice in my hometown opened um, probably when I was in about seventh grade. So if like you could finesse getting like an older sibling or a parent to drop off Jamba Juice for lunch for you at school because there was no off-campus lunch when we were in middle school, then that would make you look pretty cool. I guess for me, that equivalent, if not Starbucks, would have been McDonald's because we had exactly two fast food places in Medford. Starbucks, if you want to count that as fast food. But McDonald's, that was it. There was no Burger King, no Taco Bell, no anything. It's changed since then. But we also only had a a McDonald's and then we had a um, we had a KFC for a while. And then the the KFC actually got shut down because they there was a drug bust. Like there was like other (laughs) reasons why. But there was somebody that was selling marijuana out of the drive through and you had to give a code that was something like extra biscuits, but like way less generic than that. And then they would slip the weed into your order. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) yeah. So anyway, they got shut down. It's not there anymore. But um, and but then when I I got into high school, they opened an in and out in our town. And that was the place to go get lunch but it but then like the rival high schools would also go to in and out and we would always be like side-eyeing them for making the lines longer because it's like you guys had to come out of your way to go to in and out in our town and now we're gonna be late to go back to school like (laughs) that's not fair (laughs) pam to kind of transition because we want to circle back to stanley quencher's these ridiculously popular water bottles One thing we wanted to talk about today, in addition to the water bottle, is how trends rise and fall. And you actually saw a great TikTok on how trends come up 
and then slowly taper off. And the person in this TikTok was actually explaining that the Stanley Quencher is at the end of its trending life. It's on the way down. Yes. So this person kind of went into some market theory. They're, I guess, not a trend reporter, but work in marketing. Uh, This person's name is Casey Morrow Lewis, and we'll link to the TikTok as well. But yeah, I thought that this was really interesting because they really kind of laid it out in a very digestible way. So they talked about how the life of a trend kind of starts with Um, The innovators, this is the the group name that they dub for these people. And so these are the people that are going to be picking up the Stanley, for example, almost right when it first comes out. So in this TikTok, they explain that the Stanley Clencher was actually first released in 2016. So we're talking about somebody in an innovator category would have been snagging this either right when it came out or like maybe a year after or a little bit before then as well. So then if you're in the second wave of people, you would be considered an early adopter. So these are the people that see the innovators and then right away jump on this trend because they think it looks cool. But then now we're in the late adopter stage. I've skipped a few steps for the sake of time. And she says that she she knows that we're in the tail end of the Stanley's popularity run because over Christmas you saw a lot of little girls unwrapping Stanleys. And so the innovators, which are usually the older teens or the the young people in their 20s, are not going to want the same product that these little girls are getting. But then also, anytime you see suburban moms jump on a trend, then it immediately stops being cool. So, <laughs> Sorry, so this suburban person moms. is <laughs> insinuating that if we're not at the end of the Stanleys run, in terms of like being the it water bottle to have, then we're very close because these late adopters are jumping on the train. I did not realize these cups were initially released in 2016. I would have guessed maybe 2019 at the earliest. I think they really only became popular around 2022, right? I would yeah. say a little bit before then. Okay. Maybe 2021. Maybe 2021. I, I like, yeah. Okay. Her analysis does make a lot of sense, but I do think Stanley deserved its success because the cup was very unique. The tapered bottom to fit into a cup holder. Maybe they weren't the first, but they certainly popularized that idea, and it was a genius idea. And now I'm a hydroflask person. They released what I'm holding right now. I think this is called the all around tumbler. It's got the tapered bottom. They released this last year. Yeti, another big water bottle company, also released something similar within the last year. I mentioned to y'all, I went to Bucky's for my first time. I brought my Bucky's cup for show and tell today. You can see this tapered bottom. (laughs) The key here is that you can carry a shitload of water easily in your car. For me, that's the game changer. Plus, the Stanleys look nice. They got the straw option. They got the sip option. They've got some good colors. I was in an REI the other day. I was looking at these Stanley quenchers. They are nice looking bottles. I mean, they give supreme to me. Um, Like I look at my hydro flask. I'm like, all right. But the Stanley, I don't know, man. It looks like it looks like gold to me. I'm just impressed. Mm -hmm. To be fair, like Stanley is a legacy brand. Like I we have Stanley thermoses like my family does because we used to go camping a lot when I was a kid. 
So Stanley is like a gold star brand and their products are made to last. Um, so to me, I thought it was kind of funny when the Stanley quencher popped off. It's like, oh, you mean that that brand that grandpa always tries to like shove at us for road trips? Like anytime I was driving down to L.A., he's like, oh, Mija, here, take the thermos. <laughs> it's like, what am I going to do with this? The logo and the name are not cool to me. And I've also thought the square handle on the Stanleys to be a little bleh, which I think we talked about previously. Mm -hmm. But neither you have one of these, right? No. Stanley, no. You're definitely not buying it now because it's on the way out. No, I do have a simple modern like Stanley dupe that my stepmom got. She got all of us um, these simple modern cups. If If you're like wanting to get this cup just for like practicality, I would highly recommend the the simple modern, you can get it for like 30 bucks at Target, maybe even less on Amazon. They look exactly the same, honestly. And I feel like they're a little bit more leak proof. Okay. And there is durable. Yeah. Because I feel like the Stanley could be a weapon. Like, oh, I, yeah. No, this, I feel this like this thing double. And then imagine it with like all <laughs> ice in there. Like, yeah. Are you kidding me? Uh, really, though, like anything that's double insulated is going to be just as durable as any of these others. Right. Yeah, like I'm holding the millennial true. water bottle now. It's double insulated. This feels as tough as to me as the uh, hydro flask. Is this where we start the infomercial for the millennial water bottle? Unfortunately, we're all <laughs> sold out now. But if you <sighs> were able to buy one, talk about rare and exclusive. The yeah. millennial See, water bottle. You're a real innovator if you have one of these. <laughs> Seriously. It's true. Very it's few people run. have these. Oh, <laughs> get that trending on TikTok, please. Please make that take off. <laughs> we should start start putting limited edition on all of our stuff and maybe it'll explode yeah. like the Stanley. Funnily, what people are claiming is that Awala is going to be the next popular water bottle. I think that this is particularly interesting because they definitely tried to make Awala happen when the Hydro Flask craze was going and oh. the interest for Awala kind of tapered off. So I've seen it kind of like pop in and out of um, conversation as far as water uh-huh. bottles go. So maybe this time it'll stick. Who knows? I don't know if this particular product from Awala is new, but they now have their own 40 ounce tumbler with the tapered bottom, the big old handle, the straw. I'm looking at it on their site right now. I was looking at this other day too. They have some really cute color combinations. By the way, that's another thing I don't like about the Hydro Flask ones. Mm-hmm. They don't have cool color combinations. Um, Awala has a hip cactus one, which is like cactus green and a little bit of purple and a little bit of like gray green. And as we've established, cactus, like, I don't know, is your is your color palette, right? Like anything. Yeah, I'm a desert person. Yeah, you're a desert boy. Velvet Moon, Lost Valley, Cloudscape. These are some of the other color combinations you can purchase. And they come in a little cheaper than the Stanley Quencher. They also have like the Sip or swig lid. I, I was looking mm-hmm. at these at REI too the other day. Um, but you know what's funny about all this, and I've seen this observed online. The whole point of the reusable water bottle is you buy one and then you're done. Now people mm-hmm. are buying up all these Stanleys. They're switching from brand to brand. It's defeating the purpose of buying a reusable water bottle in the first place. 
My I and you know to that point it's this is why like I appreciate when people I don't know if this ever happens to you guys I carry my water bottle with me everywhere so then sometimes I think when people are looking for like gifts to give they'll be like oh she likes water bottles I'll get her a water bottle but like thanks but then they all just sit in my cabinet because it's like I like my water bottles I appreciate you but I like the bottles I have Right. But they they take up a lot of space. So imagine if you have like if you're one of these people that is hoarding Stanley cups, like how many of those could you really fit in your pantry? My mom just got one for Christmas and my sister has (laughs) one, too. On the out. (laughs) Did she cry when she opened it up like so many other people did? No, but she's like, oh, so pretty. And my sister's a millennial mom, by the way. You mentioned millennial suburban moms. It was it's like a white one. Ooh, white and silver. Classy. I do like it's the a white. It's nice looking one. Yeah. yeah. I have a white Hydro Flask uh, coffee tumbler and I really like it a lot. Colors make all the difference. Mm-hmm. Like uh, John, who's listening live right now, says Yeti has good colors. I strongly agree with that. I've actually wanted to switch to Yeti. Pat is team Yeti. I'm, like I said, team Hydro Flask. But the more I look at this Yeti stuff, I'm like, I just like their blues better. I like their variety of colors better. I like their logo better. I'm a total brand whore when it comes to this type of stuff. <laughs> and... But I'm so invested in Hydro Flask at this point. I've got multiple size water bottles. I got their uh, like water um, um, fanny pack type thing for hiking. I'm all in. Is it like a camelback, but for a fanny pack? Yes. Yeah. Wow. It's great. I didn't even know they made that. Wow. The water clings right above my butt. And then I got oh. this little clip so I can just sip from right here. I'm a professional hiker. So, you know, wow. stuff, how much uh, water does it handy. hold? Quite a bit. Quite a bit. Probably, probably close to 40, 40 ounces. I'm going to say 30, oh. 30. So you're getting a little weight o- training in with your hike because you got to yeah. lug the 40 ounces up the hill. It helps uh, with my uh, posture and lower back strength, I think. Mm-hmm. But anyway, <laughs> what are you two loyal to in terms of water bottle brands? I love I'm, my Hydro Flask. I'm Laura, not. you're not. I'm not slutting around. Yeah. So I have I have two water bottles that I use. Right. So I do have a hydro flask. I have a 40 ounce hydro flask. And um, because it's so bulky, it's really something that I use more around the house or something that I use when I feel like I don't need like a straw for when I do need something smaller or something that does have a straw. I've been using this cork sickle i don't know if y'all have heard of this brand. i've heard of I've that heard one of that. too yeah. yeah so mark actually got me this one because it's loki themed and i love oh. it so i use it a lot of the time it has a little like flap on it that gives you some straw action so that's great uh mm-hmm. but really outside of that i don't care it's really about the utility for me i don't care about the brand mm-hmm. wow i wish i could be that way i don't even did you like i don't even know why i like I can't even remember why I got Hydro Flask. Now it's just like a thing. Did I, I got influence it because you? I, y'all influenced me. I don't think so. <laughs> Did you use any affiliate codes? <laughs> I don't think we had any at that point. <laughs> yeah, I think I got kidding. it when I was still working coffee shops. And like, and I had a um, a clean canteen that I really liked. But the clean canteen wasn't double wall insulated. And oh, okay. but everybody else had Hydro Flask. So I guess I was like influenced by my coworkers or like bullied into like being too Hydro You know, another another way they get you is they do these limited edition color releases. And this is one reason we actually wanted to talk about 
the Stanley Quencher today is because they've teamed up with Target and Starbucks in recent weeks to do these limited releases. And they release these beautiful bottles, but they get people to buy more of these bottles that way. Hydro Flask does this too from time to time, though not as often. It looks like Awala does it quite a bit. Um, but I've seen some beautiful Hydro Flask designs that I am sometimes just like, damn, I would really like that when it's like two colors in one what's that phrase called when the color gradient not gradient but like um uh, i'm forgetting maybe it'll come back to me once i poke around their site a little more oh uh an ombre oh an ombre yeah okay. i mean that is yeah. a gradient isn't it oh okay yeah. but that's not a fancy word ombre right. is like hair how are they going to sell it if they call it a gradient? <laughs> Limited edition gradient release right. from, our, from our Photoshop app. They can't put an <laughs> accent mark over the A in gradient. So <laughs> the only reason I don't get suckered into these fun colors is because I just have stickers all over my hydro flask. That's See, I've stopped. Yes. That is that is the life hack. You just put a bunch of stickers on there and then you're like emotionally attached to the stickers, too. So then you'll want to keep your water bottle for longer. That is a good strategy. I've only done it for one for this exact reason, because I don't want to become too. I don't want to fall too in love with this bottle that I'm holding up now, because if I start putting stickers on it, I'll never part with it. Hmm. And I shouldn't ever part with this, but I, I'm, I'm afraid of the commitment. My friend has an ombre hydro flask. It's like purple and blue and it's beautiful. I'm like, and it was a limited edition release. And I've said to him, like, if I ever see that for sale again, I am buying it because that is one sharp looking bottle. <laughs> so, yeah, Stanley did the Target and Starbucks limited releases. There was chaos at some of these stores as people were competing to get these bottles. There was also this TikTok that went viral in which a fan cleanly cut off the label on her Stanley quencher, then laminated it. And then put it back on the bottle because they found the label so pretty and wanted to keep it intact forever. It's ridiculous. What? The passion. It's like, is this a joke? <laughs> it's a label. It has to be a joke. <laughs> Do people have nothing anymore? Like, I don't I don't mean to be the person like I don't want to yuck someone's yum, right? But labels? Really? Do, do people have anything anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing brings people joy anymore, Laura. That's the answer. Let me play this. And you, Laura, you tell me if this person's legit or not. I carefully peeled off the label on my Cosmo Stanley tumbler. The packaging was so cute, I had to get it laminated. <laughs> then I rolled it up and tied it with a scrunchie and heated it with a blow dryer to form this shape. I added some glue dots to the back and now I can use my tumbler without messing up the label. <laughs> Listen, it's funny, but then you think about all those guys that walk around with the stickers still attached to their profit hats. Oh, yeah. that's true. You know, that's true. So yeah, like, this why is are we laughing thing. at this girl romanticizing her life with the Stanley? <laughs> Like, could it be me? But also, it's it's not funny when guys do it. Like, I think it's funny when they do it. But <laughs> I mean, the guy who posted this video on Twitter said this is an illness. This girl needs help. 
late stage capitalism. That's what it is. <laughs> Nothing brings us joy anymore. I mean, that's just that's just <laughs> what this comes down to. We're so happy when we get a limited edition Stanley Cup that we have to like preserve it in perpetuity. I mean, it is a dopamine rush, right? Like, I mean, think think about how any of us feel when we get something delivered from Amazon or we go and buy something new that we really wanted. I think Mm -hmm. we were all susceptible to it, but I think preserving labels is maybe a bridge too far. I don't know. I'm happy to be challenged on it. (laughs) So we seem to be in agreement that the functionality of the Stanley and now other companies ripping it off is excellent. You carry a lot of water easily with you. It's kind of stylish. They can look nice. But Stanley itself, the Stanley Quencher itself, will not be like the it product forever. And in fact, it's probably already on the way out. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. I think anytime the olds start getting into something, you know, I, I'm speaking from the youth perspective. Anytime the olds get into something, they ruin it. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's you're. <laughs> I, I yeah, I think that the beauty of trends is that they they're they don't last forever, kind of. So like you could take comfort in that if if especially if like clothing trends aren't for you, that's the big one. Like anytime I can't find anything at the stores, I just think to myself, like, it's okay, I just have to like weather the storm until the styles I really like come back and then I hoard those <laughs> items, yeah. you know. But um yeah, I was also gonna say really quickly too that I think it's really funny that um Starbucks partnered with Stanley because for a long time, I think like the, the Stanley, like the old Stanley cup was just collecting these Starbucks tumblers. And I was at, Mm. I was thrift shopping over the weekend. I was looking for um, something that I wanted to like upcycle. And I I happened to like walk by the cup section because I knew we were going to be talking about Stanley's for this discussion. I just wanted to see if like there were any like old trendy water bottles in attendance at St. Vincent de Paul. They didn't have any, you know, hydro flasks or anything like that, but there were so many Starbucks red cups, like those ones that people camp out for, like the free one. Mm-hmm. So yeah. many of those. Interesting. And, and I yeah. was looking at those and thinking, I knew, I know you got up at five o'clock in the morning to get this cup. And now look, here it is for 50 cents at St. Vincent de Paul. Cause there is that dopamine hit of getting something mm-hmm. exclusive that everyone and else hard wants. to get. Yeah. Right. And like what I've I've been in that position where like there was a limited edition release of something, be it Pokemon cards or a Disney product, whatever. And it's been exciting to either camp out in a virtual line or go to a store to actually grab it. Even thinking about like Iron Flame a few months ago, Mm -hmm. it was exciting to get it release day and to get that that special edition with the black sprayed edges. When we come back, drinking water is cool. And our favorite drinks as kids. We'll be right back. What also is interesting here, setting aside Stanley and Yeti and Hydro in particular, is that drinking water seems to be trendy in general. And I don't know if we've had this discussion off air or on before, but in recent years, it has seemed cool to carry around water with you. It's almost like a vice. It's a fashion accessory. Yeah. And what also got me thinking about this is I mentioned Cody Rigsby from Peloton, but I was taking another Peloton class the other day with Emma Lovewell, and she brought up 
in one of her classes that when we were kids, we were drinking anything but water. Soda, tang, iced tea, chocolate milk, etc. And I was like, oh, I think she's right. Because then I started thinking like, I don't remember just drinking a glass of water when I was a kid. Even at dinner, breakfast, there was always something extra there. My parents love Arizona green tea. They never drink Mine water. Too. It's Arizona green tea. Yeah. I was going to say to that point, like, I also don't remember keeping a water bottle at my desk at school. But I do remember the teacher saying, like, OK, everybody, let's go line up and take a water break at the water yeah. fountain. I mean, but now really? they probably don't even do that because the kids <laughs> all bring their water bottles to school. I don't know about y'all, but when I was in school, we weren't allowed to have drinks in class. You were only allowed to have water if you had a doctor's note saying that you Maybe needed to have water. Yeah. <laughs> a doctor's <laughs> note for water. Yeah. Holy our, shit. Yeah, we would. We were not allowed to have drinks in the classroom, which is so funny because you're sitting in class eight hours a day, chronically dehydrated. And then you go home and all your parents have to drink is Arizona green tea with dinner. <laughs> you're getting no <laughs> hydration. Yes, for real. I, I just I, it, it shocked me. But now I'm drinking water all the time. Clearly, when mm-hmm. we're podcasting, we're doing it. But like I have water with dinner. I might have mm-hmm. a dry seltzer. If I'm not drinking alcohol, I'm either having water or a dry seltzer or my black coffee in the mornings. Mm-hmm. Sarah is also bringing up in our discord Sunny D. That was oh huge. Oh, man. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to have Sunny D. So it was a special treat when I did get to have it. We. We only used to have it at my great grandparents' house. They lived very close to the border out in San Diego when I was growing up. And it was pretty much because sometimes the water wasn't so great over there because they share a lot with the border cities and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, that was it was a big treat too. It was like a summer treat, Sunny D. Our listeners right now are giving us a serious throwback. John said Capri Sun. That was a big one for me with the Lunchables. Capri Sun. That was good. And also Yohu, which was like a chocolate milk. Yohu? Okay. He spelled it with one O, so I thought it was (laughs) Yohu. I feel like that was an East Coast thing, right? Like Yohu was an East Coast thing. We didn't have that in. Yeah. I mean, we had it, but like nobody had it regularly in their lunch. I'm going to give y'all a Texas one and it still exists, but this was big when I was a kid growing up in Texas, big red. Did anyone ever drink big red? I haven't heard of that. No. Is that like a Dr. Pepper? No, it's like, uh, it's like if you took a soda and liquefied bubble gum into it. Oh, wow. (laughs) It was, it was like liquid bubble gum soda. Absolutely disgusting, but we were obsessed with it, of course. <laughs> Just doing some Googling here, Snapple. I remember Snapple oh, vending Snapple. machines in school. Yeah. Didn't so- they have like little Sobe trivia questions too. in the Yeah, link? the Snapple facts. Yeah. So this is Sobe. Sobe, they had like the salamander, like the cool logo. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Hansen soda. Hansen soda. Hanes soda. Did you guys did you guys have those? Those no. were huge. I think that was cool. Hawaiian Pines. Did y'all have Fruitopia? Um, no. Maybe that's Nesquik. Mm-hmm. Kool Aid. Oh yeah. <laughs> the Kool Aid man. Everybody knows him. Oh yeah. <laughs> this was like Hanson soda. This was like Poppy before Poppy popped off. It was like the healthy soda. So a lot of times, like when you would order the school lunches, like they they wouldn't like come with soda, but you could have a Hanson soda. As oh. part of like the lunch, 
deal. Like if you like your parents signed you up for pizza day or whatever, mm-hmm. and they had like all these different flavors. Some of them were fruit. They had like root beer. They had cola. We weren't allowed to have sodas in my school. Jumping back to Sunny D for a second, you know they have Sunny D vodka seltzers now, and they're actually I really was... good. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Keep an eye out next time you're in the liquor store. Sunny D vodka seltzer. That's right. amazing. <laughs> I'm still shaking from Laura saying you needed a doctor's note to bring water to class. <laughs> so yeah. That is shocking. Well, That's America kids were for you. Start water fights. <laughs> like, listen, I I feel like I can't have been the only one who experienced this because it was it wasn't right. even just because I grew up all over the country. I went to a bunch of different schools and universally we were never allowed to have any kind of beverage in the classroom. Laura's like, I've seen this dehydrated nation yep. firsthand. <laughs> dehydrated, unhealthy nation. So Laura, why don't you tell us what's coming up in After Dark today? Yeah. So uh kind of plugged throughout this episode, we're going to talk about the idea of the older generation coming in and, you know, theoretically ruining the things that the younger generations love. So we are going to talk about boomers as millennials. Um, We all know that we love to shit on the boomers and a lot of it is deserved. So we're going to do some of that in After Dark, but we're also going to Uh, be critical and ask ourselves if there are any things that we're thankful that the boomers brought into our lives, any social trends, um, changes in our culture, etc. And we're also going to flip flip the mirror around and ask ourselves if we're too hard on boomers. Uh, no, but yeah, <laughs> but we can talk about that. I mean, I'm not All I'm right. not I'm not leading the question and saying that we're going to come to the conclusion that yes, we're too hard on them. We might come to the conclusion no, we're not hard enough or yes, we're exactly uh, as hard on them as we need to be. I don't know. We'll see. People are going to be hard <laughs> on us one day, but I'll get into That's that more. True. It's already happening. Day. <laughs> oh, true. It's but I mean, decades happening. from now, they'll look yeah. back and be like, well, see what millennials did to oh, us. Oh, 100%. So that'll be available on our Patreon and also through our paid Apple podcast subscription. Thank you to everybody who supports us. We could not do this show now in its 10th season without you. Other Patreon benefits include our executive producer tier that gets you inside access to two of our planning meetings every month. Those are a lot of fun to listen in on. You can also hang out in our virtual recording studio every week and discuss the show in real time with fellow listeners in our Discord. And thanks everybody who's joining us today, like Sarah and Camille and Riley and John and JY and Shane. It's always a fun group when we are podcasting and it's very engaging for us too to uh, hear from y'all in real time. So thanks everybody who always contributes to the Discord. Of course, there's a new physical gift every year, like the very rare, exclusive, amazing, (laughs) hard to come by millennial water bottle that also doubles as a weapon. Uh, We'll have to think of something fun like this this year, too. Time for recommendations. And we're sort of doing like a little luxuries edition this week inspired by today's discussion. Just thinking about with inflation and all the other BS going on, what are the little affordable luxuries that bring you joy? Laura, what's yours? Uh, Yeah, mine is going to be if you are a gamer, I think you might want to embark on the world of gaming. 
keep an eye on Steam for their sales. Steam has some really good sales going on quite frequently. And a game that I've been into recently called Paleo Pines, which is basically Animal Crossing, but dinosaurs, um, is on sale for $23.99 through the 22nd of January. It is just like Animal Crossing, such a peaceful experience. And you're just running your dino ranch, making dino friends, keeping it clean, uh, you know, expanding your territory, making friends, learning how to make stews in the prehistoric <laughs> era. It's it's just a ton of fun. And it's super cheap right now. So highly recommend. Is it made for kids? Yeah. But can adults enjoy it? Also, yeah. <laughs> little luxuries. Yeah. Well, if your idea of a little luxury is splurging on a new lipstick or new foundation, any kind of makeup cosmetic situation, then I would highly recommend checking out the Lipstick Lesbians on TikTok for a little guidance as to what you might want to spend your hard-earned money on. Um, they do a really good job recommending uh, all different kinds of products, but also kind of like explaining why you might like certain formulas better than others. So yeah, I would poke around on there and see what they have to say about a product you might be thinking about and then making an educated decision on what you want to purchase based on that. We were speaking about hydration today. I want to recommend Celsius energy drinks. These are low calorie, sugar-free energy drinks with great flavors. I've been drinking the kiwi guava one tonight from the Costco variety pack, about $1.25 per can when you buy through the that Costco pack. They claim to help boost your metabolism through B6, B7, B12 vitamins. I got into these over our cross-country road trip. They were really hitting uh, in the afternoon when we needed a little pick me up during all the driving. And to me, it's got that bubbly delight of LaCroix with a few extra benefits um, that don't burn you with added sugar like soda would or calories. So I've been really into these now. I get it. I get it. I've been seeing them everywhere. Laura, I know Mark's been a big uh, Costco girly or Celsius girly. Oh, yeah. He's a slut for Celsius. We have to trade favorite <laughs> flavors. Do you buy the Costco pack or what? Uh, No, he just kind of picks them up on a one-off basis when he wants them. We need to renew our Costco membership. I'm outing myself right now. We let our <gasps> membership lapse. Uh, so we're... Wow. Yeah, we're trying to get back on that. I'm about to get my millennial card revoked. <laughs> Lori, we just passed your birthday and Christmas. You could have said what you wanted for your birthday from Pam and me was That's another true. year at Costco. I mean, wouldn't that exceed the uh, gift limit? Well, if we were splitting it. Yeah. Well, it depends. Are you talking about the base membership or the executive membership? You don't know which one I have. Oh, you want the executive? Are you all fancy? <laughs> no, I, I tried it once and I didn't like it wasn't worth it for me. Oh. Oh, I do it. I, I'm an executive. Oh, <laughs> Even okay. though I just... Does it pay for your <laughs> membership? I like how you're shitting on me. Because <laughs> it, it give does you money pay for back. itself. Yeah. So if you go enough, it maybe pays for itself. What is it? 2% or 1% back Something on everything? Like that. Yeah. I put gas at Costco too. So... Yeah. Then at the end, end of the year, they send you a check. And then it, it pays for at least the half to cover the step up to executive. Mm -hmm. The way I spend at Costco, I it it it's worth it. 
Anyway, well, Laura, yes, we would have bought you a either. We'll start saving our pennies now to get you an executive <laughs> membership in, in 2025. I appreciate it. I'll just have to wait. Actually, well, you know, as an executive member, can't I like add somebody else to it? So you can just hop on mine if you yeah, want. Yeah, you could add Laura to the extra card. Don't we have to be at the same address? Oh, maybe. Well, maybe. an incentive for you to visit. There we right? go. <laughs> and then Andrew can take you to Costco and right. you could sign up and call it a day right and then i just have to move in so that costco isn't like why are you always shopping in atlanta you could be andrew's college kid freeloading college kid they don't know man that's what my mom was doing with my brother so i would call laura my child is that what's happening they're not gonna ask you but honestly i think we're thinking too much about this i feel like it's gonna be just fine yeah they probably don't care that much I, I want to add Laura just so I can see everything she's buying through Costco <laughs> because then I can see all her receipts in the app. <laughs> well, we're actually looking at getting a couch from Costco, so you'll probably see that pretty soon. Hey. I know somebody else who's doing that shortly and they're going to buy mine. They loved it so much. <gasps> oh. So maybe I should send you mine. It gets rave reviews. It's the Thomasville Ooh. sectional. Oh my I was going to ask that, if it was a sectional because I saw it the other the day and it's nice. <laughs> it's nice and deep. You could take a proper nap on there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I have. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Before every episode of Millennial. <laughs> Make sure you're following the show in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. And we would appreciate a review in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or maybe in Costco's app if you can find us there. <laughs> Spotify, by the way, also offers podcast listeners the option to submit feedback right within an individual episode page. So feel free to do that. You can also email millennialshow at gmail.com or you can use the contact form or anonymous confessional on millennialshow.com. Also, follow us on social media. We're Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and threads. And then over on TikTok, we are Millennial Pod. After Dark is about to start for patrons and Apple Podcast subscribers. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Bye, everybody. Bye, y'all. Bye.